You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, what's up, guys? Uh, garden report. We got a whole host of people down at the. Possibly was that the quietest garden crowd of the entire year, guys? Uh, for quieter. Well, team. Yeah. yeah, I'd say so. It's pretty quiet. Yeah, uh, yeah except not for a lot all of the energy str- in the building. Except for the friggin' stra- the group, the stragglers up on nine that that don't leave on time. Uh, <laughs> That the, the, the broadcast commented multiple times on how quiet wasn't how quiet it wasn't there. But honestly, when you miss that many shots, I think the fans were just sitting there in stunned silence, being like, "Did I pay to watch an NBA team tonight, or am I am I in some rec league game with these just like well again dudes that can't hit twenty five percent? They didn't miss that many shots. He missed that many shots. Okay, you know the the overall numbers are going to look poor. You removed Jason Tatum from the shooting splits. The Celtics were 48-37 tonight, or 48-36. Perfectly fine yeah. shooting numbers. One person couldn't shoot tonight, and it was Jason Tatum. And that's it. And it's the most perplexing thing, and it's it's a season-long thing, and the numbers are terrible. And, yes, he flashes every once in a while, but Tatum's been terrible offensively this year. He can't shoot. It The shot won't fall. The three-point shooting is terrible, and – Again, on a night you're down two starters, your star's got to play great. And Tatum was awful tonight. Awful. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no getting around it. There's no sugarcoating it. This was this was not even top forty five Tatum. We like to talk about top five. This wasn't even top forty five. Uh, he was bad. Uh, he, and this, and this, it wasn't. You know, I, you want to give Charlotte credit, but I can't, and I won't because they didn't do anything special. They they, they were fine. Them up. Yeah, I mean, these were shots that he has made time and time again, but for whatever reason, they just did not fall tonight. And it happens in the course of a season. But to John's point, it seems like it's happened a little bit more often than, than it should with him. And that, that is a problem. But, that, it's, but yeah. it's almost inexplicable at this point, right? Like, it's everyone's waiting for it like it's a bad dream. And, you're, and you know, you see a lot of it kind of like, you know, the, the post-game comments and just people on Twitter, you know, like, oh, you know, if Tatum just didn't shoot bad or if they were a little better and X, Y, and Z. But at a certain point, you're, 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 you know, you're deep, deep, deep into the season. It's a season-long problem. Uh, this is, uh, I mean, it's beyond a slump. It's a bad year. He's just having a – it's a bad year. It's a regression right now uh, at a time where you needed him to take his game in another direction. He's flat-out regressed offensively, uh, and, he, and he killed – and when you rely on these guys to, to, uh, to carry the load as much as this team does, 
Uh, games like this kill you. You know, the games where Tatum's a no-show or Tatum and Brown or Brown and not the it, – it's hard for them to win uh, when, when they're this bad. You just need them to be average more. There's been too many of these dud games where just no shots fall, and it absolutely kills them. Yeah, it's a bad shooting season for Tatum, no question. And yeah. I think what's, what's concerning is that when you look at the boss score, you see he went 0 for 7. Like, that was an 0 for 7 that wasn't – like, he didn't need to do that, right? It wasn't one of those approaches where you're like, okay, you know, keep it going and you're going to turn things around. That hasn't been your track record this season. So I was – you know, I get it. He can get frustrated in his own head with the officials because it seemed like that definitely distracted him in this game. But he's got to get beyond that. Like, like I, I thought – he was trying to shoot his way back into it off of that. And it just showed a regression that the, the old Tatum that we saw the first month of the season. John, what was that stat that you that you sent us about where they went into the bonus with like seven <laughs> minutes left? At eight with eight forty to go in the fourth quarter, Romeo Langford drew a foul. I think Keith tweeted this. Romeo draws a foul and the Celtics get into the bonus at eight forty. And they didn't shoot a free throw the rest of the way, or at least until the point I sent it to you. And at that point, right. it didn't matter anymore. Um, that's I mean, just that... crazy, lazy, aimless, you know, rudderless basketball. It, it yeah. It's crazy. And, and, you know, when you're shooting the ball that poorly, I understand they're like, yeah, like eventually, you know, the averages will come out, I guess. But just stop shooting it that way. Just attack the basket. Get to the line, you know. Like, get, get in some sort of rhythm in another way. If you're shooting that poorly from three, they're basically begging you to take those shots at that point in the game. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want you to drive if they're in, if you're in the bonus. Why would they? They're going to they're gonna play off you and hope that this 30% shooting or whatever it is, you know, holds up. And they played right into their hands. Again, we've talked about why are the Celtics always the team – that are like making the adjustment, or well, they're not making the adjustment, but they're forced to. It's they're always playing into the other team's like hand. You know what I mean? Like the opposition comes out and sets the tone or grabs the lead, whatever it is, and the Celtics constantly are fighting to get back or having to switch something up, or you know, in a case like tonight, we talked about. I mean, you miss shots, you miss shots. I didn't even hate a lot of the shots that they took. They just couldn't hit them. You know, Schroeder had a couple late in the fourth there. It was too little too late. But, you know, aside from him, I mean, the entire team, I mean, what was Tatum and Brown? Like, they were like one for 15 from three know, or something crazy like that. Stuff. Or even worse. It's, it's, it's the, the same, same stuff. stuff. And But beyond that, it's the same stuff when he slumps too. And that, like, every single time he brushes up against another human being, he just turns to the refs incredulous. You got to get it out of your head, man. You just got to stop. Like, it's obsessing. It's obsessing. It's everything. It's just you, you got to just roll with this stuff a little bit more. It's un, it's unreal at this point. We're still having the same friggin' conversations. Like, stop, stop it. You know, you're <laughs> you gonna know, John, have bad nights. That. that was right on yeah. cue. Uh, Ime Ime literally uh, just talked about Tatum's shooting performance, and he's saying he doesn't say anything wrong with it. He doesn't think that Jason's in his own head. He thinks that he's a, a a smart enough player to not still make those kind of mistakes. And he also said that you know six or five of those three-pointers were open looks, which he does have a good point there. But he did add the caveat that going downhill, downhill Tatum, as we used to call him, right? That's what he would like to see when he's not shooting, when the three-pointers not falling. So that was the that's one what you're supposed to do. That's that's what that's you're supposed what to do. Does. When yeah. you are a scorer, when you are a professional scorer in the NBA, and you're, you are someone who Slow typically relies on the three-pointer jump shot, 
you attack, especially when you've got the you've got the physical build to do that. And if we're being honest and real, Charlotte had no freaking post presence defensively. It wasn't as if they had a Joel Embiid just kind of hanging out there waiting for you to come into paint. So you literally it became a matter of beating your man off the dribble and getting to the rim. Now they do a good job of help side defense. They have you know really athletic guys in that front court who can fly over and swat shots. But damn it, I'm rolling the dice with that. I, I am going to roll the dice that I can get to the rim quicker than they can get to me with the help side defense. And if they're doing a good job with that, that means something's open. That means one of my teammates is open pretty close by to where I'm at when I draw that. Yeah, this look, was, when, this is a bad game. When it bad gets hard, every level. as you said, Sherrod, you know, when it gets hard, you got to work harder. So, like, shots aren't falling. You work for better shots or you work for easier shots, you know. You don't just keep chucking and hope it goes in. In the first half, they were actually working the ball, I thought, you know, and getting good looks and getting decent opportunities. Un- until that second quarter. You know? Until that second quarter, you kind of dig into that bench a little bit, and they did lose their way some. Um, but you know, they got off to a decent start, and you know what? I mean, look, look, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know. I tweeted a stat the other day. They, they've had a ton of you know forty-point halves. You know, they put up twenty-seven in the first quarter, even without shooting lights out. That was showing that it was working. You know, uh, and then you just kind of get away from that a little bit. Like I said, that second unit struggled some. Um, and then it just was, you know, three, 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 the rest of the way it felt like. Yeah. I just, uh, it was just frustrating because you could see this, the, the amount of switching that the Hornets were doing and it was working in Tatum's favor. Like we saw him blow past Plumlee. We saw him split defenders in that first quarter and then he completely just shied away from it. Now he may just drop another comment about Tatum talking about. I mean, Jalen's doing it too, man. I mean, he didn't have as bad a, Jalen actually played fairly well when he wasn't shooting yeah, threes. It wasn't too bad. Too, but he had one other reliant thing on it. He Go had ahead, the, Justin, uh, the foul trouble as, as a thing that he thinks may have, you know, prevented him from being more aggressive and attacking the rim. Maybe that's the case, but I don't know. I, I just don't like to see the that frustrated Tatum that's just yapping to the officials. There was one point after a timeout where it seemed like Ime was just like, no, look, you official go that way, Tatum, you come this way. Like, like in other words, stop talking to these guys, you know? And I don't know if that's something that gets in his head or maybe it's the foul trouble in general, but he's got to figure that out. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let him off the hook and use foul trouble as an explanation because this happens whether he's got four fouls or he has point four fouls. He does this consistently. So uh, the foul trouble it may have been a contributing factor, but look, it's it's not as if it. It's not as if it played a role in him doing something that was out of character because this, unfortunately, we've seen this this movie many many times. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's Groundhog Day because I don't think it happens every single day, but it damn sure happens a lot. Uh, and it's it's one of those things that again, as he continues to evolve and and ascend as one of the top players in this league, he has to get better at figuring out in real time how to be an impactful player when your shot's not falling. Because you see, the, when you talk about the top five, top ten players in the NBA, they all have that 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 ability to be able to put their imprint in a positive way. Game more times than not, even on nights when they're not playing well. Uh, Jimmy Butler is not a top 20 player, in my opinion, but when it comes to figures to impact the game down the stretch, he's right up there. Uh, and then he it doesn't matter what he shoots from the field. He has a way of making big plays down the stretch. There's a ton of guys in the NBA who have that quality, and Jason's got to get better at that. He's got to develop that. I don't think you're born with that. I think you, you definitely it's something that you can work towards, and he's got to get better at that. But uh, uh, when? You know, like – Mm-hmm. When, 
you know, I know we yeah. do this all the time and we talk about it and I don't give them the pass for being young because they're in year six and five, you know, they've been, they're veterans here. Okay. And, and, and again, as they point out in the broadcast and a lot of people will do it in defense of them, Hey, these guys have been to multiple Eastern conference finals. Yeah. So that means you're fucking your seasoned, Okay. So you've been playing for a while. You've been through some battles. You've played with some really good teammates um, along the way. People who could show you how to do certain things. You're in, you're you're well into your careers here at this point. Asking someone to not complain every single minute of the day is shouldn't be that big an ask. It's not. It's not that big an ask. You're a leader. I need you to shut the f up. And you just got to take it. You got to comport yourself better out there. Because it's bringing everybody down and it's affecting your game. It's affecting you right now. So stop. Um, and he just can't. He can't. He can't do it from game one to now. It's 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 it's, it's just part of him. So who thinks it's going to get better? When's it going to get better? I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, there's no. No one knows the answer to that question, but the, the, the big thing with him is he's got, like I said, it's not going to happen overnight. I don't think it's gonna, he's going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden he everything just slows down and he makes all these amazingly awesome plays every single game all season. He's got to get better. And this is, again, he is far from a, a finished product. He's got a lot of room to get better, a lot of room to grow. But this is one of those, those flaws in this game that is starting to stick out more and more. And nip it in the butt. He's, he's, he has that. It has to be one of those priority one, you know, uh, issues that he he works through in this offseason. He's got to figure out how to be better than that in those moments. You know, Bobby what? Manning, welcome you in, buddy. Um, how did Bike Watch go tonight? I didn't have a I didn't have a strong eye on it. Was he on there at all? <laughs> I don't know. I think Horford Horford was, was on it. Damn it, Bobby! We gave you one assignment. You had one job. I think Horford was coming here for bike watch, Bob. <laughs> I think Horford was stealing the bike at one point in the fourth. He quarter. was on the bike a Tatum, little bit. Tatum in, the second, Tatum in the first half was spending more time on the baseline, screaming at the refs over that third foul. <laughs> so there was no stint on the bike there. Yeah. Oh, what a frustrating night. The Hornets didn't even play good. You nope. see what this team's capable of? That's what we said. They, they had such a blah game, and most of the Celtics not named Tatum were also okay. Yeah. They, they really were. This was such an easy game. This is such a winnable game. Yeah, you needed more attacking and decisiveness out of him, and I did hear you guys talking about that a little bit before I came on. Uh, the three-point looks that he got were good. I mean, that last one in the corner there was just a practice shot. Uh, so, yeah, you just kind of throw up your hands there a little bit in terms of the shooting, much like the team as a whole here in this one. Uh, but at the same time, that stretch between the middle of the game there where they went 1-13 from three and just kept launching and launching and launching. I know Schroeder got a steal at midcourt at one point and threw it right back over to Tatum. Kind of an empty defensive for the Hornets there, and Tatum just threw it up. There were moments in this game where the Celtics definitely settled in that stretch where they took – I think it was nine of their 11 shots from three into halftime was a really rough stretch because they came out in the third, made up some ground into the fourth. They were right there. That stretch where they just went on this brutal drought where only Schroeder lifted them out of it, just like he did late. I killed them, I thought. And it was all just a mentality thing. Early in the game, the offense looked great. Horford in the high post, guys cutting, Romeo getting the ball. And then it just one run went against them and it all 
just started to fizzle again. And I thought the defense was just dreadful here. Bad lineups, small ball didn't work at all. Uh, and the Hornets attacked it. And I think both their guards had 10 assists, right? So they were both very active, played off each other well, hit a ton of shots. Uh, you know, just a better team, even at their worst. You know, and I didn't think they were anywhere close to their best here. Yeah, I mean, I, you can say bad lineups, but again, when your bench is Ennis, Peyton, Richardson, and Langford, and that's it, I mean, you're sure you're you're thin tonight. You're missing, you know, I'm not going to call Neesmith a rotational player, but you're missing two starters and another guy you thought you might start to give some minutes to based on how he'd been. And you got a pretty good night out of Langford, and you got some positive contributions out of Richardson. Uh, Ennis was fairly useless, and so was Peyton. But, I mean, that's where they are right now. I mean, this is... I, I people jumping in the chat saying rotations and this. I mean, what are you going to do? You got to rotate a couple of those players in. You can't play your starters 40 minutes. You don't even, and your starters weren't even all playing well. So like there's yeah, going to be two, doing, doing certain things you haven't done all year though. Like playing. I get it, but we've been telling together. him to try. We've been telling him to do that. I'm not going to kill. We've been begging he to try new stuff. So he tries to do stuff and we're like, you know, I don't know why he's experimenting. We should go back to the old shit that didn't work. Bottom line is the roster kind of sucks. So when you mix and match, you know, a bunch Did Romeo of crap, play enough though? I thought he was fine. I yeah. mean, you know, you you mix and match crap with crap, you're going to get crap sometimes. You know, like that's just what they had tonight. Yeah, yeah. And no one could get it going shooting wise. So, yeah. It is yeah, you just crap with crap. Sometimes you're going to get crap. That's awesome. <laughs> What, what does it make? What does it make all together? You know, right? And, and, One, and like two, three. Said, I mean... Crap! <laughs> all right. Just want to remind everybody about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022 new year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code clns50 to get started from football basketball hockey, boxing, UFC, your Vegas favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Once again, that promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I mean, like yeah. you guys said, I mean, you got to play the players that you have. At the end of the day, this is the roster. You know, what's Neesmith going to do? Cut into some of Romeo's minutes or cut into Richardson's Nothing. minutes? Like, at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. Um, you know, I don't think this was a, an email issue game, although I don't know why he's not screaming. At, I'll say this. In the fourth quarter, he should have been screaming at his guys to drive to the hoop. Yeah. You know, draw contact, get fouled, do whatever it takes. I mean, that, sure. that I will put a little of the blame on him. I can't imagine they're just completely tuning him out. It's like you just got to get it through these guys' heads that they can't just be chucking threes at a 25% clip and expect to come back. You can't hit the home run shot. It's not going to, it's, you know, shooter had, again, shooter had a couple late in the game, but it's too little too late by that point. You didn't do enough up to that point to get in, to get within striking distance. Um, that was my biggest issue, I guess. Um, I don't have a problem with him going to Freedom or Langford. I thought, you know, Langford, Langford actually gave you more points than he probably has majority of the games he's played this season. So I don't really have much of an issue there. Grant, I don't know. Is is he like starting to fade a bit? I mean, he's not giving you that three point corner Again, shot right now. He's Grant getting... is turning it. 
Grant just turning into Grant. Blown by, I mean, he got blown by a few this times. This was a tonight. tough matchup for him against Washington and Bridges and those types. But, yeah, yeah I mean, they, they, they did whatever the hell they wanted, to be completely honest. Um, there wasn't – I mean, and credit to Grant. He, he, he gives it his all out there. I'm never going to question his effort. But, again, it's, it's a talent thing. And I'll, I'll question a lot of other guys' efforts, but I'm not going to question Grant's. But I just don't know if he's capable of the role that they need him to be in. And I know that they're a little bit, you know, undermanned right now, so I get it. But – I think overall the effort and intention in this one was great from everybody. You know, I think everybody showed like a big force. They made multiple comebacks throughout the second half. And listen, the shot quality that they were getting was outstanding. You look back on it, it's just this shooting thing that plagues them isn't going anywhere and frankly is getting worse as Tatum, I think, starts to burn out a little bit here. And, you know, if we're sticking on Tatum for just a second – the shot making that you've talked about, John, this just simply becoming a bad year for him on yeah. the offensive end. What, what, what does that stem from? You know, I don't think it's shot selection for him like it was in 2019. He's not taking leaners and fadeaways and mid-rangers and all this different kind of stuff. He's honestly just taking a ton of, uh, you know, open threes, quality looks from deep, shooting a ton of them and getting downhill for the most part and just missing over and over and over again. And it's been the story this year. Guys have bad seasons. It's not like everybody just keeps going up, 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 up from 19 on. You know, you do have dips and valleys there. But this is certainly starting to look like a dip from him. And you wonder what's influencing that. Is is there any nagging pain? Is he tired? Is he worn out with the minutes? You know, you wonder. And I mean, the- we, you, we, know that is, we know that year over year, Bobby, his rim frequency has gone down, okay? Um so, you know, just being more reliant on, on, on the three, you know, year over year, the last three years, his three-point frequency has gone up. Uh, and it's, you know, he's never been great around the rim. But now, I, you know, I, I really don't know because it's, I mean, it's two straight years of decline, albeit last year was a small one. But he went, he dropped two percentage points from, from that year where he, you know, where, where he was playing really well. And three-point percentage went down and just freaking cratered this year. So I, he's just bad all around right now. I don't know if he's in his own head. I don't know if it was the thing of, like, giving him more responsibility um, and uh, and making him a playmaker that got him out of his comfort zone. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do. I think a lot of it comes down to him is, like, everything that he does naturally is what they tell him not to do. Don't, don't be deliberate. Don't ISO. Don't take contested twos. Try to do more of this stuff. I mean, people want him to take more threes, right? I mean, that's an issue. That was one of the well, issues. Well, that's a testament to this team's lack of shooting, though, right? Like lack of production yeah. from that, from that, you know, specific off of category. Like even friends, even Al Horford, yeah. Al Horford was shooting well above forty percent the first the first month of the season. That's not the case now, you know. But you look to those guys for open looks, and yeah, I mean, to Bobby's point. They got a lot of those in this one. They got a lot of open looks, but at the same time, guys, we have to remember that this is the same team that we were complaining. Why didn't Tatum and Brown do more in the fourth quarter? Why were, they barely touched the ball, you know? And they sort of have to figure this thing out in in, in the sense of you know decision making and late game, you know, late game execution and how to approach it. Yeah, some of that also asking Tatum to be the playmaker because you need some of that down the stretch. You know, that's been a part of it as well. But I thought it was interesting what Jalen Brown just said though. Jalen Brown talked about uh, the, the shots that that the Hornets took, you know, the the one the, the sidestep uh, fade fade away from Terry Rozier, you know, some of the really tough shots. That he said, "Look, you you want them to take those kind of shots," and they made them, you know. And he also got <laughs> they're a great got team. Sensitive from our old friend uh, Jared uh, Jared Weiss, who asked him a question about, uh, well, at least he asked up a follow up rather, because um, Jalen mentioned the team needing to be more professional and. Um, 
when, when Jared asked for him to clarify, he just said, uh, well, in classic Jalen Ford, and sure, I know you feel me on this one. He's not quite sure how he just says, can you say the question again? Or he repeats the question again. And Jalen says, uh, professionalism, to show up at work every day, you know, that, that's what professionalism means. You know, got a little little chippy. And Jared was, you know, another follow-up saying, well, what, what are you not seeing out there? You know, he's like, look, it's just about delivering it every night, you know, every single night. Here's the thing. You know, uh, because we do this every night, we're forced to come up with a bunch of different things. You know, and how many things have we talked about? Ime, rotations, leadership, uh, you know, uh, defense, uh, double big lineups, and all of this stuff. It Look, every team is going to go through peaks and valleys and do some stuff well sometimes and other stuff not. If Jason Tatum was having an average statistical year this year, closer to what he did last year, they'd probably be five wins better. Um, and we just a lot of these problems would just be gone. It, 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 this is really the biggest difference with the team right now is uh, J- Jason Tatum's just playing poorly. He's just inefficient. He has too many dud games. If Tatum was at his averages with everything in terms of shooting, we wouldn't. This wouldn't be a problem at all. But he's killing you. You're relying on him a ton, and he's killing you. And it's hard to explain why. You know, we point to playmakers and this and that, but right now Tatum is the one player who's clearly, I mean, Schroeder, I mean, not Schroeder. We know uh, Al isn't the same guy he was a couple of years ago or whatever, but, you know, between the guys and the core players, Tatum's the one, the only one who's gone backwards, like significantly so. If he was, was, if he was, he was average, they'd be fine. We, we, a lot of these problems wouldn't what exist because smart? they didn't exist. Smart is slightly below his averages in a lot of, a lot of things, but not, he hasn't cratered. He's and just, he's, he's playing his role well. Tatum's he's playing his the, Right. Tatum's just not doing the thing he's supposed to do. You rely on him to score. You rely on him to make those tough contested shots. And you and you count on him absolutely to make the open shots. He's simply not doing it. It's the one area of the team that's well below expectation in terms of And this o- is the frustrating. Listen, that's all true, John. I actually agree with most of that. When, when Jalen started getting on the ball late is when things started to clean up a little bit. He, he's been doing an even better job in that yep. role than Tatum has the last couple of weeks. The frustrating part about it is the intention for those guys, I think, has been there the last two, three weeks. But when you have shot-making nights like this, from them included, it's hard to evaluate just how good of a job they're doing in those playmaking roles because you aren't setting them up with the personnel around them to make it easier. Guys who move, guys who cut, and guys who can shoot and pull some pressure out of the lane, they still have no spacing on this team, really, especially without Rob. So you'd be fine with them losing some games. You'd be fine with the stats dipping a little bit if you had more proven results from them taking on this mindset that Nime wants them to take on. This is my frustration with just sort of where they're going ahead of this deadline. The roster's starving for shooting. You know, you want to have some nights where those guys rely on their teammates and get a lot out of it, and they're still not really getting that. I mean, tonight was a little better, but it's still a 30% effort from the team as a whole. Horford hit some late. Schroeder bumped up the percentage with those last two there. But this was really just another dreadful shooting performance all around. It would have been slightly below average for the team, but well below average for Tatum. For sure. You know, know, and guys have bad games, and he's had – Quite a few of them here carrying a massive load. I think that is a big, big part of what we're seeing from him this year. It's just the fatigue saying in and everything that he's doing on it both doesn't ends. Mean he's bad back for- to last year. It doesn't mean he's bad forever, but he's struggling to, to, to be the guy he's supposed to be right now, which is to carry that offensive load. He's obviously done it on several occasions, but he's just 
it, the consistency is terrible, and these these awful, awful, awful games are way more frequent than they ever used to be. There's some fatigue for through persistence, isn't there, guys? Though, like you're relying on your teammates again, and again. You're kicking it out. You're getting these great looks, and it just keeps failing. And then your approach starts staggering a little bit. You don't know whether you're fully believing these guys. He may actually talked about this last week that you can't not make those plays because guys aren't making shots you know he's leaning on them to do this over and over again even though the results aren't there and he keeps talking about missed shots well at what point do they go out and get a shooter here you know it's just crazy what they're doing cornering some of the lineups that they are leaning on horford as a spacer when he clearly just doesn't have it here like listen he's stuck in between roles john clearly i think there's some balance that he's trying to strike between being aggressive and trying to do everything on his own and trying to do the playmaking things that they want to accomplish this year but the personnel isn't there you know even if you want to say look down on the bench and find some shooters there what really is it at this point and now they have what 13 players on the bench it's it's hauser it's neesmith who wasn't even here today and you know pritchard who i thought stunk in this one again so like it's just not there on the roster and it's something they have to address what you know yeah, i'm sure Pr we'll talk about that later pritchard's having a rough go ever since you anointed him a few uh, a few games ago <laughs> but again in very short stints you know just sure. on a few shots it's the same thing as Nismith. i know it is I'll sort of um it. yeah I, how has he been doing <laughs> he he carried them again through this stretch tonight just for Listen, a stretch. i, I wrote my uh stretch of 48 I wrote, stretch stretch of the last seven of the last eight games. I wrote my defense of Schroeder earlier this week. He's been awesome the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that was no, that no, was no, essentially. He's been awesome the last couple of weeks, but we spent an entire show with you guys with with uh, us arguing show? about Schroeder. the Philly. The, the, Philly the one bad half season. The one bad game he had when you weren't here, Jimmy. Uh, I had to hear the whole Schroeder argument kicks up again, and will it'll come up again his next bad game. This is I why mean, I got mad at Jerry. This is exactly Bobby, why I got mad at Jerry Washburn. Yeah. He had one point. He had one point in a spot. I know! Spot. Sandwiched around yeah. a series of really good games. Well, this is what we do. We up. talk about this the game talks, that just happened. That he loves talking about that. <laughs> now ask him why he's been inconsistent. We do talk about <laughs> took, the games. He took that frustration. From, he took the Bobby frustration out on Gary. <laughs> Schroeder, yeah, I think you said it well, John, just embodying Marcus, the, the feel of the game and what they need here. Again, in this one, just staggering with buckets, hitting players early from great playmaking positions. I think he had four assists like right away in this game. So, again, he's giving you what you need, and he is saving you. Again, late, like you're down 12, and he gives you back-to-back -back threes to even give you a sliver of hope with 114 left. That was great. He's been awesome. Plenty of scoring. He had, some, he had a couple of nice passes that – Tatum missed, obviously, uh, on the shots. But, I mean, I thought he did everything defensively. He, yes, he missed the layup. That was that was a tough one for him. But, um, overall, he's giving you exactly what you need. You know, I mean, I, I, I've always – and John's right there. I mean, we've always said that the – for whatever reason, the Schroeder hate far outweighs the praise. When he has a game of one point, people can't wait to talk about it and then bring it up again and again and again. When he has a game like tonight, 24 points, you won't hear much about it. People will forget about it. They'll just still be begging uh, Brad to trade Schroeder for, you know, uh, a second-round pick and, you know, uh, tax relief or something like that because nobody seems to care that that's completely Oh, bogus. we're going to get into the tax in a minute too. But oh, yeah. I know, I know. I don't, I don't want to jump the gun. No, but, we will. Bobby, Bobby, I want 1,500 words on that missed layup though tonight, okay? Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, it was but fine. Listen, I didn't even. He's doing his thing, and he and, and 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 he has to me the right attitude. I mean, he, you can't tell me that he's not trying on both ends of the he's court. He's so aggressive. So he's aggressive. Very, yeah. Everyone's like, oh well, he walks the ball up. He can't be that. Even aggressive. did you see? Like, yeah, he, he walks the ball up after a freaking score. Do you see? I think he. he he actually had two missed layups. The one in the first half that he missed, he was on the baseline and got right back in there and tipped it all the way out and chased it to half court to get the offensive rebound. Yeah, you're right. an offensive rebound right after that. So he was playing hard from the opening tip. And listen, he's been, let's say, the best, if not the second best player on the team over the last week or two here. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been awesome. Like 50-40 right. since he returned. We Talk are going to uh, we're we're going to transition a little bit, guys. I do want to uh, I got to get I got to get this out here. Uh, podcast brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Okay, can be hard to find the right hire for your small business. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier you, to get to the people you want to talk to faster and for free. So uh, we use this. We're a small business, CLNS Media. We use LinkedIn, seven hundred along with seven hundred and seventy million other people. Uh, focuses on candidates with just the right skills for you. Use the simple tools on LinkedIn Job to filter and prioritize who you want to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So all you have to do here. You get to post a job for free. If you go to linkedin.com slash garden, that's linkedin.com slash garden, post your job for free. Um, Sherrod, anything else you want to add on this game? Because we're going to move on. There's been quite a flurry of activity, uh, both with the trade that went down yesterday and then a bunch of reports that have come out about that might put some things into clearer perspective about what the Celtics are going to do. But anyone have anything left over on this game before we kind of get into the other stuff? No, keep have, moving. Keep thing. moving. Keep it moving. Go thing. ahead, Jimmy. Well, this goes back to Tatum. I didn't really get. I, I didn't really get my Tatum. My Tatum talk. You guys. Okay. I let you guys get, have it. Go go go. So, it just goes to me. My only issue with my biggest issue with Tatum is the leadership thing. You know, and uh, yeah, he's gonna have off nights, and I know he's not having a great season statistically, but I can't help but wonder if the team is reacting to his attitude. I guess you could say, you know, on the court, off the court, if he's distancing himself from the rest of the guys, whether it's because he's on the bike or, you know, because he's, you know, family's obviously super important to him. Maybe he's just not around the team. I don't know what it is, you know, like, but for whatever reason, it feels like there's some kind of disconnect on the court. And usually that stems from off the court. I don't know if it's an attitude issue. I know some people in the comments are saying entitled and all this stuff. I don't know if that's true, but I'll go back to my favorite, one of my favorite movie quotes, one of my favorite movies. Remember the Titans. Bertier and Julius going at each other. And what does Bertier say? Attitude reflect leadership, Captain. Attitude reflects leadership, Captain. (laughs) And that just, to me, that sums up this team right now. Who's the captain? Who's leading? What's the attitude like? It all feels like out of sorts to me. And that's why it looks all out of sorts on the court. There's just no continuity. Well, It starts at the top. It starts at the very top. So that'll segue into a lot of what we're talking about here. And I want to get into the trade, but you know, there's a report, a couple of reports out about Celtics making this guy available. We do know they made a trade. That trade might signify that really their major motivation for the season is, um, is the tax. Uh, there's another one talking about how they want to trade Al Horford. Um, there's a story in the athletic today that Al might be on the block with a potential other mystery center that they're going to, uh, to, to get to. But the report also talks about kind of, 
the general vibe of what's going on with the team. And again, I, I know as reporters, guys, you don't necessarily want to say, I think it's BS or stomp on somebody else's sources or stories, but it is interesting that it's brought up. Um, some of the stuff that we see with like snapshots uh, in our, with, you know, that we kind of guess what's going on here. Uh, one of the reports was uh, one of the issues right now is a lack of responsiveness is how it was put in the report to Marcus Smart's approach handling the handling the offense it really seems like is what that was trying to say uh and that was in the athletic earlier today and also spoke to friction between how Jalen and Jason and how it's kind of created a stale environment here uh not Jalen Jason uh, Jalen and Marcus so I don't know how much is you know here it is lack of responses to approach though some team sources have commended his growing maturity over the past few years. However, his offensive style has not grown. He's having a poor shooting season and his penchant for inaccurate flare passes often mitigates his improvements as a playmaker. So in a nutshell, Marcus, the point guard, ain't it. Okay. But you have Marcus on one hand asking for the ball and saying, give it to me because when you guys have it, we're not sharing it enough. And those guys are probably saying, I don't trust you all the time with the ball. So that's one issue. Um, Another one was, uh, like we said, the the chemistry issues uh, between Smart and uh, have caused a sense of staleness between Marcus and Jalen Brown. Again, that's stuff we're guessing at by just watching. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even say we're guessing. I mean, you can go back to the last few seasons. I said that last week. (laughs) Right. Guessing at meaning it looks apparent, but we're not. This is sourced reporting of like talking to people in the team who are saying this specifically. We're looking at it and saying it feels like this is my eyes. Yeah, my eyes. Right. Two sources. Each one of each one of these eyeballs. Yeah. Right. And, and we knew heading into the season, though, that we felt like Marcus, you know, the, the team was going to have to sort of Marcus gonna have to earn that trust at least. Right. And I know that sounds weird, but I think the best way to put it was that we'd never seen him be that pure point guard. And I think he's still trying to figure that out. We're at a point right now where we're not seeing results. And yeah, I think it's only natural for a team to feel this way. They're 500 and not where they're supposed to be. So it was easy to look at the guy who's been, you know, the, the, the playmaker or lack thereof and, and wonder, well, what's the next move? Where do we go from here? So it'll be interesting because the Celtics have to have to address this, whether that means keeping Marcus in that spot and seeing what happens after that or trying to address it and bringing in a playmaker, whether that means trading away Marcus Smart or not. I mean, I don't see this issue going away unless you bring in another playmaker, unless you bring in a point guard well, and, and I- hand the keys over. And I don't think that goes over well, Marcus, if you do it this this soon. But, again, what's best for the team, that's something they're going to have to figure out within the next few weeks. Obviously, his market value hasn't gone up much, right, compared to last season. If anything, you know, it's pretty much the same. So it's a tough spot to be in if you're the Celtics. But at the same time, winning solves that, right? I mean, there, there isn't re- re- reported friction in the locker room if this team is winning. Yeah. So, so the report doesn't come as, as a surprise to me. It really doesn't. Sherrod? Yeah. Can you hear me? That's why your take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I'll just let Joe Sway go on and on and on and on there for for a while there. Yeah, that was fine. <laughs> the, the, the the bottom line with, with, with this team is is and it's it's the frankly it's the straight no chase of truth. They're just not good good enough. They're not playing well enough to be anything other than an average team. Their record is a direct reflection of who they are. They are equally awesome, equally awful. That's what. How, that's who they how are. Would, 
how would Smart be at fault here, John? Because that's what I have trouble with. Like, it's easy to look at him and say, like, he hasn't stepped up. He hasn't taken that role by storm. Uh, he hasn't done the things necessary from that leadership position to get it going. But we see him doing the things in those spots that need to be done, whether it's active, aggressive ball movement, like emphasizing the second pass from the positions he's in, playing great defense, which he's certainly gotten back to this year. And things we talked about earlier in the year, I almost felt like, we and the team got on him too hard for not you, John. You actually wrote in his defense for calling out the Jays for their ball movement, and they responded to that, and it worked. Well, so they might have responded to it, or did they just want to like prove again? Like, there's listening. Well, there's a fatigue. Prove somebody I, wrong. If they treat Marcus a, Smart like a member of the media or something like that, then they just want to prove the critics wrong. They don't actually want to take lesson and take direction. They don't actually respect. His who, opinion. Who, who, they just want to. It's like it's like the TNT stick it in his face. It's yeah. like Kendrick Perkins saying something to Tatum. Like he doesn't really like. He's not taking it as you know constructive criticism. He's taking it as screw you. I'm going to show you that you're wrong, and yeah, I'm, I'm just, actually better. I'm past the point where I think smart if you just remove him from the situation it's a plus i think they'd be much much worse we've seen it in spots here that the defense has lapsed without his direction and communication out there frankly what i thought was interesting from this piece is just the lack of urgency in it it sort of drew from tatum's quiet style that's the graph that i hit I, on most there there is an urgency in terms of communication that you see out there on the court or on the sideline. I'm watching Wolves Knicks last night, and they're huddled up on the court trying to figure out plays down the stretch, and they end up making a few and winning the game. I've never really seen the Celtics team huddle up or, you know, get in a circle on the sideline and start talking to each other and point out directions. They're, Smart's the closest they have. They're not, but to the to-, to the topic of Marcus, I do want to say this. And, Sherrod, you were Sherrod, you were about to say something first. I don't know if you want to jump in, and, and then, I'll, then I'll say what I Go was ahead, going to John. say. Go ahead, John. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Just – the Marcus thing, we were talking about this earlier today. You know, I'm not saying advocating for getting rid of Marcus. What I don't understand, we, you're going to kill the team, Bobby, or other people for being passive, not taking big swings, you know, being conservative in their approach. Maybe there was an opportunity to make a move last year, and we kind of thought that Marcus might have been on his way out. It didn't happen. Part of the reasoning behind getting possibly moving on from Marcus was – Got it. Might might need to try something new. Might need new voices in the room. Almost in the same way you wanted to do it with Brad. Whatever it is, it worked for a little. It's not working now. It's probably going in the wrong direction. Best to nip it in the bud. You get another season into it, and if that's still going on, whatever it was. And again, there was some stuff out there, and it's hard to say how much you know is is real or not real, and how much it's affecting them. But what I don't get is why is it so unfathomable? to think of moving on from Marcus as being a thing that could possibly make the team better. It doesn't make sense to me. Like if you read any, well, what's single, the move going to be? It doesn't matter. We're always so it hung does up on, matter. It doesn't, you always get so hung up on what's next. It, it, the point, the reality is right now. And most, you said people, that about email and everybody blasts email every most, day in the chat. Most people. Yeah. But the chat's not the real world, Bobby. Most people, most people, out there who cover basketball for a living and we're talking scouts and other players talk about the fact that the Celtics don't have a point guard right now. Their biggest need is a playmaker. They say it so matter of factly, they might as well be saying the sky is blue. And yet here we continue to say like, we're fine. This is good enough, but also we need to shake it up. I don't know where you're going to start to shake things up. If that's not the first place you're looking, it's really one of the few places you might be able to make a splashy move because you're not going to trade Tatum or Brown. And right now it seems like Rob is also becoming untouchable. So at this point, what are you going to do 
of any significant value that'll either get you something in return or shake things up in a way that actually makes a difference outside of that. Everything else is just moving small pieces around. It won't do anything. So I, do I'm have, not, I'm not do, saying do it. I'm just saying it's so strange that we're just like, nah, you can't do that. Who's going to be better? I think a lot of things might be better, but I don't know. But I mean, what else are you going to do at this point? I'm open to any suggestions. I'm even open to suggestions on Brown. I'll listen to anything. Uh, but there's got to be like a framework of what the move's going to be here. Again, I think some people look at smart and say, just get rid of them because of the shooting and because of this or whatever else that it might be. I don't think this is a better team just by removing smart from the equation. Now, if you make the right move, you get the right stuff back. Yes. A hundred percent. You could certainly be better. And I, I, do buy into the staleness a little bit of this trio and this group as a whole, and even maybe some of the voices who are just shaping the direction of this team at this point. I, I, th I think all that could be valid. I just, they only have so much here in terms of, you look at Tatum, Brown, Rob, you're holding on to those guys tight, but I don't think Smart's a bridge to a different point guard. I don't think you can upgrade at that position by moving on from him. You can move to a shooter, you could pivot to a wing, but then you're even weaker at point guard. And again, he's not the best point guard in the world, but he's the best you have, and the numbers bear that out in his on-off numbers. <laughs> I, I pissed off the whole chat. I just mean Twitter, people who comment a lot of, lot of things – this isn't necessarily indicative of what we're talking about. Most people here are, in general, think that Marcus Smart is, I'm not saying the problem, but the problem with the Celtics stems from their lack of playmaker right now. So who's going to replace? A, the problem a is he's too high in the hierarchy. We've all known Who's going to replace the non-playmaker they already have and be the non-playmaker they need? I mean, like, what, what are you asking to do here? I, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I just don't know. You know, if if it's affecting your star players in a negative way and it's not helping them uh, because, as we've seen, the numbers are down, the offense struggles. What else are you what else are you going to do? Well, here's the, the, the issue is figuring out what's the pathway to prosperity for the Celtics. <laughs> and when you start looking at their roster has to be a sacrificial lamb in order to, to move in that direction. Marcus is it. I hate to say it, but he's, That's he's, it. Piece. he's that piece. And, and the reason why, Bobby, is because he's the one piece that has, I, I think, does have the kind of intangibles that lots of teams could benefit from. It's just that I think the Celtics have tapped into that particular reservoir as much as they can get out of that. And I and I, I hate to I hate to be like that about it, but if they're at some point they're going to have to upgrade either that backcourt in some way, shape, or form. Because I don't think adding another shooter is going to get it done. I don't think bringing in a, in a pass first uh, point guard is going to get it done. But they have to address that position, and he is your best chip that you can play yeah. that can get you something. That's really what this is about. It, it's not about whether he's a bad player because I think he's a. I, I, He's a, a very good player. It can help a lot. But I just think if you're the Celtics and you are in your mind, you have to move on from where you are right now. He's the best chip that you can play to get you something of value. And so any that, deal with Tatum and Brown, you're going to get, get you're giving away the best part of the deal. You're giving away a piece well, that. What would you, so who da who dangles this today? Today it comes out um, that uh, everyone's on the table. So what we talked about. And uh, Sherrod, you talked Whoa, about it on your, yeah. You, you, I know, but Sherrod, you talked about it on your pod with Gary, and you know Gary's opinion was 
Um, he'd be pretty annoyed if the Celtics became sellers here. I'm highly in favor of them becoming sellers for two reasons. One, these guys aren't it and they're not getting you there. I also don't think that you're going to be that much worse if you do sell off a couple of pieces and, and, and play the other guys uh, that you have there. And they're not great, but I just don't think it's going to make that big a difference. If somebody is willing to give you something real for any of these veteran players and throw Al in the mix as well, um, you, I think you do it. I think you have to do it. I think you have, you have to have, I think more of a seller mindset to get some assets that have to me, uh, higher You're selling now to buy more. later. Yeah. yeah, you're and to me you, you gotta get guys who fall into the category of low risk, high reward type players. Like like Bobo. He has not done much at all, but he did. He's seven foot two. He, and he he can he's a win. That in the right situation could be a, a steal. Now right now, obviously not, but you, you to me you start you have to start lining up your piece where there's there's the potential for them to be something significantly greater than what they are now because grant williams is having a great season great season but when you think about his ceiling i'm not sure he's that far away from hitting it right now i think he still <laughs> is going to get better i think he still has some room to grow but i don't think there's a ton of room to grow whereas you take a guy like bobo who's again seven foot two can put the ball on the floor at one point he was projected to be like a top 10 pick in the draft that's someone you roll the dice with because there's again there are very specific skills and talents that they have that in the right situation could be a significant benefit to you. Did you guys ever see being John Malkovich? No. 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 All right. No. That's great. You have to have seen you have to have seen the movie. Anyway, the they got really, I mean, really short ceilings. Um Bull, yeah, we're gonna talk about I mean, Bull Bull. That's, that's, that's the future. That's that's where we're at in the season now. Hinging on Bull Bull. I mean, Jimmy, you're, it's a team is fun. What the hell do you expect, Jimmy? Exactly. I mean, no, I, I know. This isn't, uh, you know, Milwaukee. This isn't Brooklyn. I mean, this is who they are. Why do you think they couldn't get Cam Reddish? I don't think they, they want, want Cam Reddish because they didn't want to pay Cam Reddish. Yeah, it didn't seem like they were in on the move at all. And you would have to give up your first round pick. The Knicks gave up a different team's first round pick. So there's a big difference there. I didn't think that was a move that was necessarily worth going that far. And, you know, I love trading picks, but for the right guys. I didn't think he's... it cost a whole lot. And you, you get a guy that's shown – this is just an example. I'm not, like, dying for the game match. But I feel like those types of trades are the ones you're the Celtics you're looking for because you've, you've missed – It's the right idea. I'm not sure it's the right guy. Yeah, but, I mean, no, you're not sure if it's the right guy. That's why he's available, and that's why you can get him for that price. Once he is the right guy, guess what? You can't get him anymore. So that's the yeah. whole point. You gotta that's take a the risk. point. Yes, it was exactly. a good trade. You know, that's you, your version, said. your version of it would have been like, knee Smith and a first. Yeah, and like, okay, I mean, you got, you have to take a speculative swing. Pick, it becomes it, the sixteenth pick, yeah. and you miss on it. I mean, is the pick gonna be better than Reddish, a guy that when he gets minutes has shown that he can actually play in this league? He just can't get them. It's a time. speculative ad. You're right. trying to catch a guy before he takes off. Tell me that every tell me that Celtics Twitter and everybody wearing green underwear wouldn't be head over heels if Brad made that deal. Neesmith. Oh, I would have I would have liked it a lot. The thinking's great there. Oh my god, genius just, Brad, he's so smart. He did it again. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I've been watching Reddish for a long time and he's just gotten more underwhelming as time's gone on. He's young, 
in the right role, he could catch some fire here, and he is due to be paid. Who knows how that's going to go in terms of restricted free agency? That's probably the tricky part of this, right? That's why the Hawks gave him up. They didn't want to pay him. No, I, I like the example, Jimmy, because that was the high, high end of what you could do there. Bull Bull's an example, too. A guy that just didn't work in Denver, and you end up getting him as a side uh, dumping in this cap shedding move here so they're starting to let's take a look at these things they're certainly looking at jalen smith too it sounded yeah, like bull, in that bull, regard uh, listen these moves aren't solutions that is reddish isn't going to save the celtics bowl and uh, none of these guys are gonna but it's just I, about building up a more well-rounded category? roster no no they're not yeah they are neither of them have done anything cam reddish league. and bull bull are in the same category Cam Reddish really is like not. a 38% career shooter. He, he's a bigger name than he is an actual talent in this league right now. I understand that, but Bol Bol might not be playing basketball in a couple of years. Maybe. Bol like, Bol uh, is like a meme, dude. Like, like that, that, he, he doesn't have any – there's nothing behind anything he's done in the league. Reddish has at least shown – Listen, there's a gap between time. them, certainly. But in terms of the impact on the team – Yeah. Problem is, Bowles hurt now. He's gonna be out probably for the yeah, rest of the season. He's got the foot injury, and who knows how he's gonna come back from that. So, I mean, again, we all know what type of move that was. I think we're gonna get into that a little bit more. So that's right? what I want to talk about. That's the depressing thing about all of this. Go ahead, Jimmy. Are we gonna be able to fit Robin anywhere in the show? I don't want to just fit it in, in a random spot, but I need to talk about Rob for at least a second. Why you doing, Bob, Bobby? I gotta mute you one second because it's you're crashing pans. Yeah, man, I've been hitting mute too. Jeez. It's it's killing me right now. All right, sorry. Um, go ahead, Jimmy. You can go yeah, on your Jimmy rules. was human. Did I miss something? Is there like, did I miss something with Rob not playing? Is there a reason why Rob's not playing tonight? Like, is everything okay personally with him? Did I miss something? He had a kid. I know he had, he had a kid. A kid. Yeah. He had a yeah. He had a kid like two days ago, right? Preparing leave. Yeah. So, oh, so is that Jimmy, it now? Jimmy, so he's don't, not, he's... don't go down this road, Jimmy. Just don't, don't no, go down. No, no, no. Serious, serious question. I've seen this. He before. was able to. He was able movie. to. I've seen this movie, Michael Felger. He, no, no, no. He was able yes. to miss the game. Yes, he was yes, able yes, to miss. Yes. Can I say one thing? Yes. No. Thank you. He was able to miss the game for the birth of his child, which I fully support. But do NBA players are they getting are they getting like multiple are they getting like a couple weeks paternity league? Is that is that in like the new like collective bargaining agreement that I didn't see or something like why can't he be at the game tonight the kid was born he we saw the pictures I'm very happy for him but why can't he play in the game two days later one person they could, obviously need him they obviously uh, need and him and again I personally couldn't they have, couldn't they have used him tonight he's out here like yo, just hand him to the nanny and keep it moving Rob keep it moving <laughs> bro I, I don't know I don't know where like the baby lives if he's in the area or not but like you could go a couple hours like you could play the game like the team needs you they're paying you a lot of money to play in these games hey no one is more supportive of the chat than i and they're killing you right now it's two days later this is like it's not like it's just normal it's not normal usually like you come back and play like i wouldn't expect him to miss the well, birth of well, his jimmy, child jimmy let me let me let me just throw this this out there to you okay T today is is january 19th today is actually my son's birthday and I'm going to Happy tell you right now. Look at that. Perfect. I, I'm going to tell you right now. I took a week off to be born. And I don't give a damn who feels any kind of way. I would do that 100 times out of 100 times. Even if I had to cover the national, even if I had to blow off the national championship. Even if I had to blow off the national championship or anything like that. Because I can't get that moment back. I can't. So 
I can understand fans who would love for Rob to be out there, but to me, that's Rob's call. That that should be his decision. It is his call. I, I just and I, I and I can't get I can't get bent out of shape either way because I mean if he if Rob came if, like let's say Rob you know his his girlfriend has the baby and he plays like the, the same night that he gives birth that she gives birth would people be up in arms about that yeah. thinking like why, why that's it's so insensitive why why, why? He, he's he's not he doesn't have his priority I mean no matter what he decided to do is the point I'm trying to make is it, there's going to be a segment that's not going to be, be happy he's either not giving moment enough credit and giving it enough time to marinate or he's just milking it and just he should have his ass out there playing basketball no listen you know tom Lord no, will take listen, his time come on i'm happy that he was able to be there for his for the birth of his child obviously i support 100 i'm just saying like okay like you probably could have played in the game and still like been there for your kid sure like i'm glad that you spent a week with your kid but like if you had to step away for a couple hours i'm sure you could have done that like that's all Jim, Jimmy, it's not. Jimmy, I have, it's, I have it's a feeling. Jimmy, I have this a feeling. Like, you your eyes off this isn't like on. Xbox, Jimmy, where you can just like literally say, "Hey, I'll be right back. I'm just gonna play this quick Xbox game." The NBA isn't work that way, Jimmy. It just doesn't. The NBA, the NBA is a completely different. I'll put it this way. Player. All right, about engagement, right? Let, let me, let me, let me throw Jimmy a lifeline here. Okay, I've got multiple kids. I said what I, I said. Jimmy. All right, I got I mean, a lot. Jimmy, I you know, you still my dude, but damn. I said what I said. I get it. I get it. I, I get it to a degree. <laughs> I, I get it to a degree, which is like you're at a hospital down the street. And I love kids, like, by the way. If you went home to go get a change of clothes, <laughs> it would take about as much time as it would take to play in a basketball game. So maybe for your own mental health, maybe you would want to go play basketball and, and, and then come back later. You're 6'10". You don't want to be sleeping in those friggin' cots, you know, at the Brigham. It's uncomfortable. I'm just going to go kind of stretch out, get a workout and I'll be back, honey. Sure. That could happen. Problem is you have no idea what's going on, the circumstances, anything around it. So it's hard to say like, dude, you should have played. Um, it, it is what it is, but could they have used him? Yes. Desperately. Would it have been heroic? And would people have said, Look at Rob, the dedication. Only one day later, he showed up. Yeah, people might have. Other people might have thought he was a really bad dad. So you can get criticism both ways win. on that. He yeah. can't win. No matter what no matter what he decided to do, he can't win. Oh, he shouldn't care what other people say. So, he shouldn't care what I say. He, he, I so if he shows up, right. I, I was just surprised that he wasn't. I just thought maybe he would have been there. because I thought he'd be he tonight. Care three, what I say. three days later. I yeah. mean, shoot. Yeah. Okay. So at what point uh, so, is it? What, at what point should he go back? Should he take a week yeah. off like Sherrod? I don't know. Like, like what's the cutoff? Look, you All know, how, you know, how, you know how employers are. And again, even when I when I took my paternity, they were like, "So you're really gonna take the full time, huh?" And I was like, "All right, I'll come back." You know, like it's they don't really want you. You know, some employers don't really want you to. But he may said the right things, which was like, "Yeah, if he needs the next one, he'll get the next one." But I think they're kind of hoping he'll. It's Friday. What do you think, dude? You know, they only give you two yeah. days in the hospital. So, like, come on back, maybe. Yeah. Um, like, I think the so kid's going to I think probably, the kid get over it. I, think. I, again, <laughs> I love kids. Everyone's like, oh, Jimmy, don't have kids. Don't have kids. Listen, it's not that's not really it. I'm just like, you know, like team could have really used you. Like, you know, yeah. Enjoyed your time with your kid and you can go to the game and then you can go back. Like all he needed was Very to, lucky get, that you, to leave his phone. To, to, to upload the Calm app onto his phone, leave it with his <laughs> wife and baby. There you go. Plug. Guys, Great night, plug. night. 
Just like like we don't support Jimmy's statement. I hate this conversation every time. I know. Well, you can't win. You can't win with the conversation. Like, no. I, you know, it, it's it's impossible because no, you just this don't is know. Different. I'm not saying he should miss the kid's birth. I've never been for that. Like, I totally get that. But I'm just saying, like, okay, like, again, I'm not gonna keep bringing it up. But it's a couple days later. That's the difference. So we can move on. Like, it's not that crazy. <laughs> it's not that crazy of a take. It's not a crazy take. At all, it's just, actually. It's like not everyone, a cra- needs to, everyone needs to toughen up a bit here. It's not it's that not crazy a, It's not yeah, a crazy you take. You didn't go Felger. You didn't go miss it all together. Don't even it's think It's not about a crazy it. take, yeah. but the chance of you getting get, – Well, know, that's the difference, right? It wasn't Monday. Clean. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Wednesday. You're going to get, you're gonna get scorched with this conversation. I, there's, there's no way that you can go in a conversation and not get scorched. I thought, I thought he played the – the Celtics thought he would play, and then he, he didn't at the last minute there. So it's his decision. I don't really care either way. I'm pretty open to guys taking that time, like Sherrod said. And uh, anybody else would take more time than he has. So he's leaning on the high end of it for an NBA guy, I guess. But this is still kind of the low end for a real person in that Well, that's not true. So. There's tons of people who can't take time or don't take time, but we'll move on. Are you sure, Jimmy? That's hard. <laughs> uh, it's just not true what Bobby said, but we'll move on. If you're able to, people would. Yeah, if you're able to. So and he can. He can. And he did. He, Good for him. He can. And the selfish and loss. <laughs> so Jimmy. just keep it moving. Exactly. K I M, Jimmy. K I M. Keep it so, moving. So um what I what I did want to mention that we were talking about earlier was the trade. Um the the trade that they did make, um, was uh, it got Bobby, you know, it got Bobby excited for a little bit. You get bowl, bowl. I've seen this guy play, yeah. Bobby, it moved, you know. Bobby got Bobby got excited. Didn't hear uh, a good way to do it, yeah. I Bobby mean, I... got excited, but at the end of the day, it, it's it, it, you know, after the initial dust settles and you're like, that's a name, it's obviously very clear that you know uh, what it was, and it was a salary move, uh, mm-hmm. which is fine because that's you know value has some value to them but i think a lot of people myself included kind of jumped all over it because it signifies what's coming which is nothing um and that's what sucks is uh, everyone was like i had a friend ask me he's like why are you so mad on twitter or why are people killing this trade uh and i was like it seems perfectly reasonable yes the trade is perfectly reasonable it's smart you're shaving salary you're trading nothing for nothing and getting under the tax Nothing bad about that. Absolutely book, good bookkeeping on your part. Uh, who knows? You're taking a flyer on a player. Maybe you can keep and might develop for you down the road. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Probably not. Probably straight bookkeeping. What it is, though, it signifies what is likely the goal of the season, which is the fear everybody had all along is they're not spending into the tax. Um, and every article written about it today is, you know, obviously it's obvious because they've made it obvious. This mm. is a priority. Um and every move they make. So it's very easy to say what Wick has been saying. I'll spend it at the tax for a contender. That and he's done you, that. And that absolves you of right. having to do anything here because no one can argue that this team is a contender. So is everyone okay with this? Is everyone okay with not spending into the tax, dumping resources, just getting under the tax for the sake of saving money? We're not worried about repeat offender stuff here. This is strictly saving wick money well it, it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me to spend like a crap load of money 
money if you're not going to be a title contender. You know this. You, you know that there's nothing that you can do deal-wise that's going to catapult you into that top three, top four conversation. And if that's the case, why? Why would you spend? You, to me, your goal should be to create as competitive a roster as possible to figure out who should stay and who should go. Uh, I, I look at guys like Pritchard. I look at guys like Neesmith. I look at guys, you know, some, some of the, their younger, the Grant Williams of the world. And to me, this season is so critical to see what those guys are capable of doing that anything you can do to save money outside, outside of that, you do. You absolutely do. Because, uh, you know, Bob, and, and again, you look at some of the deals they've done in the past, the adult often was significantly greater than with the expectation. Like when they when they when they traded for Isaiah Thomas, they were just hoping to get a, a little spark plug off the bench that could help them win a few games. The next you know, he's a two time all star and you know a top five MVP. Uh, so is Bobo gonna be that good? I don't think but but shit, I mean you don't he is definitely worth rolling a dice on if you're the same I know but yeah. But my counter to that is this, Sherrod, when you're when when you're doing this and again, credit to the Celtics for not having to give away anything to get under the tax, but they have given away things to get to, to shave money. And so you've now you gave away the Desmond Bain pick, which bit you in the ass. And again, it seems just to save four million dollars, four point five million dollars. And you gave away another pick to shave some salary here in the Kemba Horford deal, um, who right now that looks like it's a, it could be a fairly useful player. You've missed on Romeo. I, everyone bear with me. You've missed on Romeo, Neesmith, Grant, and Pritchard in the sense of none of them are impact. They're not all busts, and you might get some value out of them, but you missed. They're not, they're not making you better. So that's four misses plus Bane five plus selling a pick. Uh, for the Kemba deal six that's six blown draft picks that's friggin' crazy to me and that's the reason they're the, the position they're in but a mentality where you're not always trying to get better at whatever cost if the only cost so, is money is going to make you do dumb shit and it's gonna it's gonna make you miss opportunities so I think you can look at this trade and say great they got under the tax I guess that's useful you can also look at it and say the one playable piece in this was a uh, was a floor spacing shooting guard that went to a different team. Why couldn't you have made the trade for the guard and let the other people cut salary? Why did you take the salary cutting portion of that trade? You know, why couldn't you make a small move that would make you a little bit better? What's wrong with that? Like that's yeah. it's, it's infuriating. Of, and that, so that if you're a Celtics fan, you're like, so you don't care at all. If we're a little better, we're watching your team. We're investing. And they need to get a lot better. Yeah. And they need to get a lot better, which means and the problem is you can't get a lot better without a bevy of draft picks or up-and-coming players on your roster or tradable assets to swing big, which means you're going to have to get better a little bit at a time, which means you should be looking for every opportunity when you make a trade to get a little bit better because you don't have a lot of opportunities. And if you keep moving pieces around the board just to save money, you're going to be left with nothing. So yeah, any opportunity – if you find a team that wants to cut salary, you get the guy. Don't be the team that's giving you know, that, that's that's cutting it. I think that's where fans are looking at it. So I get it from a perspective that they're not contenders, but you can't keep passing up opportunities to improve. That's my. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I don't think there's a clear cut move that would like the whole consolidate the trash at the end of your bench for a. 
a rotation guy. I, I just don't think that's realistic, though, John. I mean, yeah, this is sort of the sign that they're not going to maybe swing for the fences here before you know heading into trade season. But definitely didn't we not. know that already. Didn't we kind of call this a bridge year to begin with? We just we just didn't think it'd be this bad, right? We didn't think they'd be a, a solid five hundred team throughout. I mean, maybe some of us did, but I didn't. And I just think this is the result of that. You know, you're sort of in a tough spot where you have to wait and just get yourself under the tax. I mean, to their, uh, you know, to, to Wick, what, what one part, one good thing about Jalen uh, missing so many games that he's probably not going to get those incentives, right? So, you know, Wick's looking at that as well. And I think he's looking at this entire year and that's throughout that, through that same scope. That this is this is a bridge year, you know? And, and Southern fans may not want to hear that, but, I mean, look at these pieces that we're talking about. Look at this bench that we've been – you know, for lack of better words, shitting on all season. We've been making fun of this bench and saying not kind things about these these weapons coming off of it. Bobby, sure do I... you have any comment on that? I thought I lost you guys. Yeah, the tricky thing we'll have to figure out here is whether they whether they for whether they for win opportunity here. Like that's that's gonna be the key thing. Could you have used Wancho's salary in kind of a salary? That's the other thing. Move? I that talk was, about yeah, but that shows you what the what the market's like. That's right something now, they can you know? but, that's why, that's but that was something they can still do, but that restrictions in place. Wancho's value was not to shave the market's salary. pretty stacked. Wancho's guys, value huh? was to stack salary. It was right. to and get money. I agree. And that's that's another one. You can't you can't get him anymore. Well, not the way I had it in mind. I think it's demoralizing. I I think you're I think you are. I like I said, it, you're really stuck a little bit here. You either make trade, you make those trades where all you're get. If the only thing you're giving up is money, I you make trades to improve. If you can get assets and you're willing to take a step back to take a step forward, that's fine. But you keep running in place, and the only thing that's happening is you're avoiding paying a tax. That's not going to play. That's the only thing that's not going to play with a fan base. I think there's plenty of people who'd be happy with a couple small moves that made some small improvements for the current product on the team. And I think those same people would be happy if they just said, smart Richardson Horford, you can have anything. If you can get a, a first round pick or two or something out of that down the road value, people will take that too, because it's building towards something better either now or later, but just moving pieces around the chessboard just to shave a couple of bucks. And that's the only move you make. And if that's all they end up doing at the deadline is just that last move to get them under the tax, that's going to suck. Right. It, and, uh, and- I, John, I, I, I agree with you with that. I mean, I, I believe that this is just, you know, the, 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 the order to the main, the first main piece. entree. Yeah. Move. Yeah. And, and that, and to me that that's, that's a good thing. Cause this, this is not going to dramatically shift your roster, even from a financial standpoint, it's not going to just, you know, all of a sudden you, you can now spend, you know, willy nilly all you want to. Right. But I, this is, this is where you, you Celtics fans, you got to trust Brad that he knows what the hell he's doing, uh, that he's going to figure out a way to get you either that play. If he's that, being allowed to, or get, or get, well, see, uh, again, you always have going, restrictions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think and, he's and, being and, allowed and, to Sherrod? I do. Yeah, I, I I think if I think Brad enough cachet with the front office, if he wants to go out and get player X, and that player can be a significant impact player, difference maker for them, I don't think he's gonna get any. I don't think he's gonna prohibit. Now, if you're talking about like, you know, um, Tobias Harris, who's making too much damn money, that's a problem. That that would so, be a problem. But but if you're well, talking about if, if let's say all of a sudden Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns say, hey, you know, we want to trade Chris Paul. You're gonna figure out what to do that, because that yeah. dramatically well, changes 
different of course for impact you empty you empty the drawers but another thing uh go ahead jimmy go ahead well we need to just call it what it is i mean it it is a a move for tax purposes i mean it's not like the celtics went out and were like we got to get bobo and pj dozier on a blown acl like that's not plan a that's not like what they envisioned you know the the direction that bobo was to go to detroit yeah but that's the baffling part about this this to me this to me is like the beginning of waving the white flag in the season because of what you guys mentioned earlier. Originally you thought Hernan Gomez could have been a piece to add to something to, you know, bring in a bigger player and match salaries and all that. They must you don't know. know if you could or could have There's weeks to go. It could have come they up. Must have have been an idea. Why, would, why would they, ju- why would they just jump at this? Why, why is, why was, um, because they had a chance to get under the save tax. Money, save money. Like they needed to. Yes. Yeah. The opportunity oh, came yeah. up once the bold deal but, fell through. But theoretically they should be able to get under the cap you know, in the next couple of weeks, if this is, this was the easiest and most painless way to do it though. It's right. almost like, and that's did you see the is. way the, do you but see that, the way the reporting came out? It was like the Spurs, they, uh, the Spurs, they got their future pick here and they got off a guy they probably weren't going to keep and the Nuggets, they got the shooter and the depth they need. And they got rid of the two guys who couldn't play for them off the bench here and the Celtics, they really needed to get under that tax line. Yeah. And they did it here. Oh my lord! That's another narrative that, like, the entire national media talks about. Like they needed to. It was they need to get under the tax. Like, oh, we're 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 all gonna, you know, we're all just gonna explode if we don't get get under the tax. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I I understand. Once you realize that you're not good enough to win with the roster, why not get under the tax? It does make sense. It's just a frustration to have. I totally. It's two separate things. Like, I totally get why they're doing it. But it doesn't make it like. Here's the thing, too. It say, doesn't oh, make sense in some way. So, uh, but I believe, Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy, I believe that they're in this. I believe everything you do should be first towards improving, and when you yes. don't, say then save to make again. If this is the first domino to fall, and it's get under, get under, have a little bit more, make another move here, or get as far under as you can now, because we are going to make a deal to absorb some salaries, which will put us into the tax. So if I don't have to go twenty million into the tax, I only have to go ten million in because we are going to add. Let's lessen the pain now for when we do make that move. Then everyone will feel different. However, if this heads down that line of them just making another move to shave those last two million and that's it, then, like I said, then that's going to suck. So people are are bracing for that. That's what I think. I'm bracing for it too. I do disagree though that this precludes them from doing other stuff. It doesn't. This this allows them to keep Schroeder in many ways because they're only 800 over the tax now. You dump Bruno, Bowler, Dozier, and it's done. So you don't have to trade Schroeder if you don't get a return you don't like here. And you can match salary. You can do all that to stand under the tax. I just made a trade in the machine today that keeps them right about where they are salary wise. So like there's still a million different things they can do here, but it is just a worrisome sign that that's going to dictate everything they do here. So even if there are opportunities that could help them make the step in the improvements that they need to toward the long way away that they are from contending here, you got to start doing it now. And Joe Sway, you mentioned that there like, might not be a lot of opportunity here. I don't know how you can tell weeks out. I really don't. Like, there was even news today that the Kings are going to look to sell off some guys. Those are guys that could help you. Atlanta, I think, is more than willing to consider a bunch of different stuff. Philly, yeah, obviously, is the center of everything right now. This season, though. Like, I don't think but you're, like- you're not in a position to do that. And I think everybody's gotten that in their heads that, like, Beal or Levine or this one big deal is mm-hmm. going to save the day. You got to get your shooter. You got to get your playmaker. You got to find some young so. talent. Yeah. You're so far away in terms of personnel from being good. And 
if you do nothing at this deadline besides dump Blancho, I think that's a disastrous. I'm even willing to sell, and that certainly seems to be something that they're looking at here with the Horford news. Well, who floats that? Who floats that? Is that the Celtics putting it out there so they can deny it later, but to see if there's any interest? Because I don't believe teams are calling for Richardson and Smart, you know? Not for much, Agents. but it's certainly will. It's certainly yeah. something Agents. that they can do. Yeah. yeah, I believe that, John, because they know the, the predicament the Celtics are in. You know, it's like if you guys want to get better, you know, if you guys need help to facilitate a trade, we'll take one of those pieces. I mean, but again, the, the terms and uh, what was being I, sent I, to, to, to the Celtics is probably not not something that they they're in love with right now. I get worried here in Brad, too, and I know it's probably just a cliche that he's leaning on, but if it is the driving factor that you're not going to make any move, if it doesn't get you any closer to winning a championship, you are not in a position to do that. The rest of your roster is in such a state of disarray that you need to start to kind of climb the ladder here. And this could be the bottom floor. I think this is a move that makes sense in a vacuum. But if it is something that we find out in two, three weeks here was the only thing that they're doing here, that's where it gets really frustrating because you have to take a direction now. You still haven't in terms of improving or in terms of selling. And this isn't enough of a sell to put you in position to do anything going forward. Honestly, like Bowl and Dozier, if they impact this team in the future, it will be a massive surprise. And I think it's a nice bonus to what you did here with the cap shedding and not giving up anything to do that cap shedding. But it's not anything that gets me excited enough to think that they did anything here beside that. Well, you know, it, it could happen, but it's yeah. probably not. It's what you think the motivation is. The other thing, other part of the report that I wanted to mention, and then we will wrap it because there'll be more to come and things will heat up as well. But, you know, at the very end of the, the athletic report today was uh, Stevens played it conservatively when he first came on board this summer, passing on proposals within his front office to make bolder moves, according to team sources. While the time to jump all in on change isn't necessarily approaching in February, he needs to start setting the table. So again, not a detail there, but a a, a vibe that uh, Brad had an aversion to uh, anything big and splashy early. And fine, maybe you didn't want to come in and just fire everybody in the first day on the job. But if you don't have the aversion to do something bold or or drastic, I mean, if you don't have you know you know if you don't have that in you, and you're 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 going to play it conservative, they're not. There's a very small chance they're going to improve. You, you, you have to – you got to take a swing somewhere. I just don't know where it is. It might not be in February, and that's fine. This might just be get out of the tax and reload in the offseason. You have to but, take a risk. The thing that you're going to do is But you're probably going to have to take dunk. a risk somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, you don't have a lot of assets. There's not a lot of opportunity or players that are going to be interested in coming here. So you have to take a risk on a guy that could transform the dynamic on your team, the leadership situation, certainly. I, I really do sense a staleness here. I, I do, and I felt that way all year. You just don't see a, you see some effort at fixing year. things. Yeah, it, the group as a whole right now just isn't meshing, and the bottom parts on the roster aren't working. And at the top, you do have big questions there. Like I don't even think shaking things up at the bottom of the roster could necessarily be the answer because the way they're faltering in the fourth quarter, which is kind of the definition of this team this year, that's the key players that are doing that. So. You could go get a shooter. You could go get a playmaker and still have it be a disaster there. Like Just patching kind of the edges here may not be the answer. But you have to try, right? Because you haven't tried. You haven't tried to funnel some picks in the one player, consolidate a little. I mean, they still haven't consolidated. They have all these picks. They have all these young players. They have all this salary. Well, now they need them. They're not going to use it. The roster's garbage. So, um, 
it's the only way they have to make a deal, though, and that's not going to change in the summer. I don't think there's an immense amount of opportunity that's going to explode. We all know in the where summer. this is headed in the so, offseason, and we all know where the conversation is headed. You've got one, you've got one chip, you know, to 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 to, to do something that's roster changing. I disagree. And I'm just saying that's the only one, or else you just sit there and you just you just are this team. Why didn't and- we talk about the picks once during this show? Like I. We're going to go to this again, but we can't talk about picks. Because they aren't picks. They have one pick every year. You know, like, that's it. It's not the picks. It's the same story, Bobby. They don't have that up-and-coming player to match with picks. Every team wants the the bird in the... Every every team wants the bird in the hand, the player who plays now, the Halliburton, the whomever, and the picks for the star. It doesn't work without that thing. You don't have that thing. So nobody just wants your 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 three your three lottery ticket, your three shots at another Romeo. That's not good enough for people. They need something guaranteed to make a trade for a real for a real piece. They don't have it. So they can't do it. They can't. It's just picks alone isn't enough. That's where they are. Every team's got picks, but the Celtics also don't have that that thing to to, to pair with it. All right. I'm worried uh, one day Brown and Tatum are going to walk and they'll just use all the picks. They might. So you might have to show one of them the door to avoid that. And again, it's not here. That's how the NBA is. I don't don't know why that's never a move that they've been willing to take, but they did use one to dump a guy, of course. Who knows? Um, Anyway, uh, we are going to stick around. We are going to wrap because we're going to, we're going to, this conversation is going to repeat itself yeah, naturally it because the trade deadline's approaching. Um, what is the trade deadline? The actual date? Fe- February, February 10th. 10th. So ton of stuff. Thinking about it all year, John, all year. Yeah. Leading up to that. Uh, but we've got more games coming up Friday night. Who do we got Friday? Portland. Dame. Uh, Portland. Uh, Portland. Portland without a no game. Chauncey. And then we got, um, oh yeah, Sherrod's got his buddy. His, his, his Pistons connect. Uh, and then, hey, let's get him on the show. Let's get him on the show, Sherrod. What's up? North End? <laughs> no, we're not ready for that. No, <laughs> no not that yet. That might come yeah. with a price tag that no, no. we can't quite afford. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We are, in, uh, we are in Washington on Sunday as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Sunday afternoon, Wizards. Any of you guys watching Yellow Jackets, by the way? Yellow no. Jackets? But I heard you about watch, it. You should watch it. Yeah. I actually, you know what? I started it and I was just like, it was late at night. I was like, no, I need to give this more of my attention. So I just, but I, I'm going to try it. I heard good things. It's, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was my last binge. I have to go watch my last ac- episode of Expanse right now. Um, but that's it. We're going to wrap up the show. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, you know, I'm sorry Jimmy offended you by the stuff that he said. That was pretty <laughs> shitty. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think you're real. The subject, the you want to say it's so couple bad. Of softies, couple of softies in the chat. That's okay. I, I do think you're real, guys. You are real, and we count on you. So thank you for turning out every game. Um, you know, I almost did an apology camp to the chat. Um, <laughs> but for what? For what? Because I told them they weren't the real world. Um, but anyway. <laughs> They're uh, our world. They're our world. So thank you guys for turning out again. Um, we're back on Friday. Uh, with more, and then at least Bobby, possibly a couple of guys traveling to D.C. for that game on Sunday. Um, people want to trade me. That's fine. I'll do that. Um, but until then, <laughs> thanks again. Once again, a uh, quick reminder, LinkedIn. No, not trading jobs. Uh, rebuilding year. You know? It is a rebuilding yeah. year. I'm that veteran presence, right? Although, uh, if we right, get, right. I'll ask Nick if we need to get under the tax. John might have to go. 
I know. Yeah, I am expensive. <laughs> LinkedIn.com slash garden. Post your first job for free. Once again, LinkedIn.com slash garden. Post your first job for free. Thanks again for watching. Uh, Celtics lose to the Hornets. Uh, full team? Full team, maybe? Back on Friday? Could be the first oh, time in a long time. Jimmy, what do you I think? Mean, <laughs> I don't know. I just... I hope not. I would. I would hate. I would hate that if that if that was the case. I hope you take everyone takes their time coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take your time. Everybody slow play it. Hey, Everybody, maybe go have a kid. Go have. If you what? haven't had a kid, have go have one. You'll meet you know them what? In everyone, DC. everyone, everyone's up late tonight. You know what? Everyone just take tomorrow off. If you're watching the show, <laughs> tell them I told you you could take tomorrow off. Yeah, call out. Yep. All right. Good night, guys. Take care.